Welcome to My Patriot Brain, the show that unleashes all that freedom and liberty locked away in my synapses. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Mather. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm going to talk about a, a neuroscience study in a little bit, but I want to share some other kind of news items and, I guess, personal anecdotes and things like that first. So this weekend, uh, I took my daughter to a Tul- University of Tulsa women's basketball game, and it was a lot of fun, and she wanted one of those expensive souvenir cups, and I thought I'd be really nice and get it for her, and I... They said, what do you want to put in it? And she said, blue slushy. And that thing must have been like, it was massive. And she picked the slushy instead of the drink. Uh, and that was, you know, a blue fiasco, I guess you could say. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, the basketball game was great. Uh, they're good to the girls. It's a good family-friendly environment. Uh, it's all families with little girls. And uh, it's, you know, the, the basketball players are kind of idolized by the little girls, and it's really fun to watch them all have so much fun watching really competitive basketball. So I highly recommend it if, you, if you've got a daughter uh, to, to go and do things like that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, so you know, when I, I got a new phone, and I had to get a new phone because my high schooler needed a new phone, and all the packages are linked together in these bundles, so I was forced to get a new phone. And I got a new phone, and they asked me if I wanted one of the privacy screen screens on top of it, where I guess you can't see from the sides, but you can see only if you're directly on, so people can't see what you're looking at. And I said, I asked a lot of questions, and finally I decided, well, when I'm on an airplane, I really don't like people sitting next to me seeing all the conservative podcasts that I'm listening to. Uh, you know, it's kind of tips my hand a little bit when suddenly you see Ben Shapiro or Ted Cruz or somebody like that. So anyway, I got the privacy screen, and it's just a, been a nightmare. I can't see the thing half the time. I, when I you try to use it as my navigation on, on my dashboard, I can't see it. Uh, I recommend not getting those privacy screen things. But they are useful. They're useful on airplanes. They're useful if I'm sitting in a, a crowd uh, at some type of event, and people can't see all the conservative stuff I'm looking at. But overall, I really wish I hadn't gotten it. Uh, I was going to discuss the independent publishing, um, both you know digital and in print. Uh, we're living in a really wonderful time for free speech. I know it doesn't sound like that most of the time if you talk about, you know, look at the Twitter files and you look at all the censorship and things like that. But we're living in a wonderful time where it's never been easier for people to publish a book uh, or to publish a journal online or publish a blog. Um, everybody can get a website and blog. Uh, everybody can use social media, right? They can use uh, a variety of different platforms to get their word out. Um, you know, YouTube, Rumble, uh, this podcast is an example of that, and, and that's that's a good space to be in. Uh, it, we really get kind of accustomed to the idea that it's, it's challenging for free speech right now, but there's never been more voices in the town square than there are right now. Uh, and I encourage everybody to make use of that um, and encourage other people who do and, and push back on people you disagree with, uh, and respectfully, um, but push back on people you disagree with, and, and hopefully the best ideas win the day. So I wanted to give an update on the Newsmax issue. I discussed that in the last episode, and I kind of owe, owe an apology to AT&T, I guess. Uh, nobody's asked me to do that. So I was listening to Dana Lash's show on Friday, and she was talking about how um, her her podcast, her, her radio show, was going to be on what's called The First. And she said she didn't really know a lot about that platform, but it was going to be on there, uh, and it was going to be streaming on there, and that. And then she discussed the AT&T thing and that the first was going to replace Newsmax. And I kind of wondered if it was confirmation bias when she said, people, you don't know what you're talking about uh, with Newsmax uh, being taken down off of AT&T. And I thought, well, she's usually a very credible source, but maybe she's, you know, 
sold out and she's, you know, they're going to pay her bills to be on this other platform. You know, I waited the next day after Newsmax went down and it was frustrating. And then all of a sudden in its place is an even more conservative outlet, apparently, than Newsmax. And so it's called The First. They've got Dana Lash, Liz Wheeler. Liz Wheeler was on uh, OAN years ago and was really good there. Uh, and of course, she works with Ted Cruz and Michael Knowles on Verdict. Uh, Jesse Kelly, Bill O'Reilly, and they covered things just in the last few days like a Hunter Biden laptop and the origins of COVID. And when you watch some of their shows, they you know dig into a lot of it. The, they dig into the deep state. They they push really hard. So uh, AT&T did not deplatform a, a conservative outlet and then not replace it with an even more conservative. They, they replaced the conservative outlet with an even more conservative outlet. Uh, it appears to stream free just by looking at the website um, outside of AT&T. But anyway, so kudos to, to AT&T for whatever business decision they had to make when it came to Newsmax. Uh, and obviously Newsmax is going to push back and try to, to, get, to get on as many platforms as they can. Um, but if you are an AT&T customer and you see what's in the place of of Newsmax, you're going to find something that you really, probably really like uh, that's got really great content. So I'm looking forward to watching the first and seeing how that goes. And also continue to watch Newsmax because I have access to it other ways too. So I'm looking forward to ha having both of those uh, outlets available to us. Uh, another thing I want to talk about was the Associated Press. Uh, they came out with their new style manual where they talk, they, they kind of re reportedly have banned the word the, right? They don't want you to categorize people as uh, the anything. Uh, and that goes along with, you know, 20 years of APA style changes. And, and of course, we know how uh, Marxists like to, to change language. But 20 years of APA style, we've seen it go from people you're doing an experiment on being called subjects to then being called participants. Uh, right? They're participating in the study. That's the idea behind that. Even that was a pretty major language shift. And you, don't, you didn't see it in biology and other places. You'd talk about the subjects, even if they were people. In psychiatry, you'd see them talk about the, sub the subjects. And that eventually changed to participants. Well, it's the same thing with labeling uh, you know, people who have depression. You, you're supposed to label them APA-style people who have depression instead of depressives, which was always the way it was discussed before. And psychiatrists would you know, still refer to them most of the time as depressives. But the language changes, right? So instead of a, a, a person who has a, something, or instead of having something, you are now a person who has something. And it's to make the person a big part of that. It's all part of the, the Marxist changes to language, and I, I don't like any of it. I understand the respect for the person, but it's kind of ridiculous if in scientific studies you can't refer to the depressives as instead you have to refer to them as the people who have depression. And the Associated Press is going that same route. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about a brain study on socioeconomic status and cortical thickness. Uh, a recent study found that uh, socioeconomic status is related to cortical thickness, which is the thickness of the cerebral cortex. So the cerebral cortex is kind of the outer layer of the brain. It's the part that makes us the most human. Uh, we've got a higher proportion of cerebral cortex than, than other species do. And that's where all the good stuff is. That's where we perceive vision and, and hearing and touch and smell. That's where all those things are perceived and integrated and put together and then become a part of that whole perceptual package we have as humans. And so the thicker it is, the more wiring is going on inside of there, the more, the more connections there are. And so in this study that they did, they measured with a, a MRI, magnetic resonance imaging, and they were able to get images of the thickness of the cortex. They used a diverse sample of five to nine-year-old kids in New York. What they found was that 
Socioeconomic status was related to cortical, cortical thickness. So kids who were of lower socioeconomic backgrounds, um, less money, less income, less parent education, all of those things, um, had less cortical thickness. Uh, but it was tied through the amount of sleep that they got. And so the kids who had shorter weekday sleep um, had less gray matter uh, in some parts of their cerebral cortex. Uh, and the parts of the cerebral cortex particularly that were related to self-control, to language, and somatosensory processing, which has to do with you know, touch. This was partially explained by um, a lack of frequent family routines. So they gave the, the families questionnaires into all of their behaviors and their habits. And so not having frequent family routines, not having consistent routines, and then having that affect sleep is apparently what's related to the um, thinner cortex. We already knew that sleep routines for children are associated with lower grades uh, in the classroom and also diminished mental health. In this particular study, what they found was that lower, lower family income to needs ratio um, and parental education, so less parental education, were associated with less weekday sleep. So the kids were, so less family income, less parental education, kids were sleeping less during the week. During the week. Less weekday sleep was related to a reduced thickness in several different areas of the cortex. So it was, and, and not just the cortex too. So reduced thickness in the left middle temporal lobe, the right post-central, the right superior frontal cortices, and in a smaller basolateral amygdala, which has to do with emotion. All of these relationships were mediated by family routine. So the family having a solid routine that gave the kids sleep, those were the ones that didn't have a thinner cortex and didn't have thinner areas, including the part of the amygdala. So having a family unit that's, that has a stable routine will help your kids. So get your kids to bed early. And what we know from other studies, we also know that parental education is related to lower academic achievement and that's because it, and that's uh, affected by reading. And so parents that read to their kids are also going to have um, kids who do better in the classroom. And it stands to reason here that if you pair these two together, kids who, parents who read to their kids more will also develop their cerebral cortex better. Um, so get your kids to bed on time, get them a lot of sleep, keep them in a routine. And I would also say with the other studies, you should read to your kids, help develop their brain. This particular study was done by Hansen, Simon, Strack, He, Noble, and Mertz. Uh, and it's called Socioeconomic Disparities in Sleep Duration Are Associated with Cortical Thickness in Children, published in Brain and Behavior. And now it's time for my closing thoughts. Here's some things I don't understand. Progressives say if you're colorblind, you're racist, and they promote stop Asian hate. Then they push to keep high-scoring Asians out of Ivy League schools and refuse to honor their academic achievements in public schools because they say it will demotivate the kids who didn't achieve. Ahem, Virginia. Other things I don't understand. A teacher can't teach a kid to pray at school, but can encourage a kid who wants to cut his penis off and wear a dress to work towards that goal. A teacher can't teach a kid on a freezing cold day because of equity, but they can teach a young girl about her so-called right to choose to kill an unborn baby in the name of women's health. A teacher can't physically spank a kid for misbehavior, but they can teach about homosexual anal sex to 7th graders in their sex ed class. Priorities are way, way off. Attend your school board meetings and remind them that parents parent and teachers teach. Write letters to your elected officials and remind them that governing the people means listening to the people. Make your voice heard. That's what we're building with this podcast. You have a voice with me. Let's shine light on the problems and work together towards solutions. Until I catch you next time, play hard and have fun.
Listen to My Patriot Brain on Spotify, Anchor, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Parlor and True Social. Check out my other content at theconservativesocialpsychologist.com.